Uh, and he did quite well for being an 85-year-old man. Who's to say that God can't use somebody older than their age, right? God can use anybody. Anybody who's willing, God will use them. Amen. And he can give us the strength. He can give us whatever it is that we need to fulfill his word. We just have to believe it, right, and be ready to step out in faith and to respond and act on what God is asking us to do. So Abram is an experienced warrior on the battlefield. We see this text here, the, the account here in Genesis chapter 14. It says, And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants, and by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods. He brought again his brother Lot and his goods, and the women also, and the people. And, and so here, the only battle that we have uh, recorded about Abram, the 85-year-old uh, man of faith, he is going out, and he takes 318 of his servants, and he found out his, uh, his brother Lot was uh, taken, and uh, he went to go chase them down. And so what happened was he took his servants, trained servants. It doesn't say what they were trained in, but obviously they had some combat training because they did pretty well. And he took his servants and he hunted down these four kings, four kings meaning also four kingdoms that took Lot and all of those that were with him. Uh, now granted, these four kings, a little bit of context and backstory of, of this setting here, these four kings, they just defeated uh, five kingdoms. So they were... Uh, obviously maybe outnumbered or, or what, but there were four kingdoms versus five. They could have obviously had the upper hand, but uh, four kingdoms went up against five kingdoms, and they won, and so that's how Lot ended up being a captive because he was a part of uh, the kingdom that lost. And so I would think that uh, either the five kings uh, weren't any good or the four kings were really good and really fierce. But no matter what the details of those battles was, we don't really know about that. Uh, we here is introduced Abraham or Abram and his 318 servants, trained servants. They are led by an 85-year-old general. And the Bible tells us that Abram and his servants whipped up on these four kings and their armies uh, who, as we just mentioned, they had just defeated five kingdoms. So maybe they were a little bit tired uh, from their victory uh, in the previous battle. But still, you wouldn't think that uh, these four armies and kingdoms would get defeated by an 85-year-old general and his 318 servants. But yet the Bible tells us that exactly what happens, that they smote them and they conquered and they took everything back, all the spoils of Sodom and Gomorrah, two cities worth of treasures and even more so. And it is quite an amazing account uh, how God's hand was upon this man 
even in the midst of some kind of battle like this. And so we don't know what 2024 holds, but we know that if God is for us, who can be against us? We may be outnumbered this year, but that's okay because God is going to be on our side. Amen. And we're going to see God bring us through things that we haven't seen before. But I believe we're going to come out on top. We're going to come out victorious because God is going to be on our side and with us just like he was with this 85-year-old man out there in the battlefield. And so it is really the only account of Abraham going to war that we are told of. And so I guess maybe he hung up his sword over the fireplace and said, I'm done fighting. Uh, And he retired from uh, leading armies and it's not a bad time to retire when you're 1-0, right? I mean, you're undefeated. Uh, it's a good time to go out. And so he decides to uh, go out, and uh, at least we're not told of any more battles like that. And so it wasn't really until a man named Gideon came along who uh, beat his record uh, being outnumbered. And Gideon had 300 men, and they were fighting 125,000, and God obviously gave them the victory as well. And so, uh, again, Gideon starting off with 30,000 seems, even 30,000 versus 125,000 is not good odds, uh, but God wanted to make sure he got even more glory and victory out of that, and so whittled it down to 300 soldiers in Gideon fighting 125,000 soldiers, and God even gave them the victory. And and I'll tell you, uh, if God can do it for them, he can do it for us. We're not looking to get any kind of physical encounters, but we know that uh, we don't war after the flesh. We war in the spirit, and that God is going to give us the victory if we're willing to fight for uh, the righteousness and fight for his kingdom. Amen. And we're going to find fulfillment in our callings this year uh, that God is going to take us to places we haven't been before. Amen. And so Abram was one of those guys that clearly, obviously, you just did not want to mess with. Uh, And you probably didn't find out till later after the fact that, man, whoops, I guess we shouldn't have stirred up that hornet's nest. Who would have thought that 85-year-old man could come out and defeat four kingdoms Uh, But they come to find out uh, after the fact. And he killed thousands with a stick. uh, But um, uh, you never know what God can do as long as he has a willing vessel, right? Amen. So Abraham can be looked on as a biblical hero. And we're going to strive to be like him and be obedient to what God has called him to do. And to follow in the faith that he had. But the problem with heroes is we tend to lift them up above ourselves. But the reality is, is that uh, any biblical hero that we can uh, read about and uh, understand what they went through, we also realize that they were just like you and me, right? They're not some some superpowers, even though God did empower them at many times. We still are told about their faults and their failures and how they messed up. And still, they they are still human like you and I. And if God can use somebody who messes up, he can surely use me who's messed up before. He can use you who's messed up before. As long as we uh, repent of our sins and, and, and believe that those have been forgiven and turned back to God, amen, God can use anybody who is willing 
uh, that have a humble and a repentant heart. Amen. And that's what we need to make sure that we have uh, this year and not just a, a goal for this year, but it should be a, a part of our life, who we are, right? That we never get too far from the altar, that we never get too uh, high-minded, that we cannot repent and, and, and ask God to forgive us for our sins. Uh, because we too can be, become a hero uh, in the kingdom of heaven if we are obedient to the kingdom uh, of, of his word. And so I want to make sure we are following after him and his word so that we can find fulfillment this year. Uh, that we just know, don't go uh, wandering through a wilderness, but I want to fu- feel fulfilled in our calling and our purpose this year. And that is up to us being obedient to his word. And, and so Abram was just another man like us, and too often do we idolize people, but we got to realize that they are uh, human beings like you and me. And so we understand that this gives us hope because they are just like us. They are like you and like me. Abraham wasn't always full of faith, but yet he gets labeled the father of the faithful, Right? The father of of faith, but he wasn't always full of faith. We know the time, the Bible tells us when he was low on faith and he did not uh, believe in God or trust in God that he decided to uh, go out and, and, and do things with his own hand and his own ability. We are told about the time that he went down to Egypt because there was a famine in the land. Now, mind you, he had just got into the land We're not sure the time frame, obviously, but once he arrived into the promised land, into into Canaan, uh, God met with him and spoke with him and says, this is the land that I'm going to give you. So he he had finally arrived to the place, uh, finally arrived to this destination that God is calling him and leading him to. uh, But we are told shortly after that, that he left and he went down to Egypt. He must have left his faith back in Canaan because uh, he was afraid of his life down in Egypt. He was afraid. He wasn't afraid in Canaan, but he decides to leave Canaan and go to Egypt, and now all of a sudden he's afraid for his life. That tells you something. When when you start going uh, uh, in the wrong direction, uh, you're going to encounter fear. You're going to encounter uncertainty, and, and, and you're not sure where, where, which way to go. Uh, we need to make sure we turn around and go back to the way God has called us to go because in the land of Canaan, that's where uh, everything is going to be okay. But if we're going to leave Canaan for Egypt, uh, we can expect uh, things, unpleasant things there. And so we see this happening with Abram uh, because... Instead of leaning and trusting and believing in God to be his provider and his savior, down in Egypt, his wife becomes his savior, right? And now I know our, our wives are all of our saviors, and, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here without our wife keeping us on the right track, right? Uh, our wives and God, we'd really be a mess. Uh, but... Uh, Abram is down here. Now, he's really stretching the truth here, and he's kind of being a little bit deceitful uh, purposely so that he can save his own life or that his wife can save his life. Uh, if, if, if I tell them that you're my sister, that way they won't kill me, and you'll be able to save my life. Again, where is God in all of this? 
right? It seems Abram left God back in Canaan because down in Egypt, Abram's not, not calling on God, not asking God for advice or direction or anything. Uh, once Abram left Canaan, he's on his own and he's doing things in his own uh, his own ways and his own ability, thinking he can find fulfillment and he can make his own uh, life for himself. Uh, but really, ironically, the Bible tells us who really, the only one in Egypt who really heard from God, Pharaoh heard from God, right? Because God spoke to Pharaoh in a dream. Why, where was Abram through all of this, Right? The man who heard God's voice, who left the earth of Chaldees, traveled hundreds or if not thousands of miles in a journey across the, the, the desert, gets to the promised land, hears God again saying, you have arrived and here's this place. And then all of a sudden uh, a famine happens and, and Abram says, well, I'm leaving this place and I'm going to go find fulfillment somewhere else. Obviously he did not feel like he was being fulfilled where he was. And so he decided to go to Egypt and make things for himself, make a life for himself and, and handle things on his own. Uh, and, and sure enough, he, it seems like he left God behind uh, because in Egypt he just got in trouble uh, all on his own. And so uh, did he, uh, Abram, what about God? Where is God in all of this? Did he not just give you a promise in the previous chapter? Have you, have you not received the promise yet? If you haven't received it yet, then you still got to keep on believing and, and walking in faith and being obedient. Then you'll receive that answer, that promise. And so obviously, Abram was not ready to bear the title father of faith, right? Because he is far from faithful and far from believing in God. He's believing in his own, his own mindset and his own ways here. And so even though we are talking about uh, one of Abram's low points, how many of us can relate? How many of us have heard from God and yet we have doubted God at times as well? Maybe we have uh, didn't like what God said or, uh, and we just kind of ignored it. Or maybe we just said, well, I'm just going to try to do my own thing for a while and see how that works and uh, whatever the case is. And yet we have doubted God as well and yet... Uh, we can be encouraged by that, by that because if God can turn a doubter into the father of faith, what can he do with us and how much potential do you and I have that God can use? All we got to do is to be faithful to him and, and turn to him and listen to him and we can find that fulfillment in him and his word. You see, we don't need all this extraordinary amount of faith. Jesus said all that we need is a mustard seed of faith and we can speak to the mountain and it'll be cast into the sea. Uh, I, I can do that. I believe that I, I can, hopefully I have that much amount of faith and if that's all that needs, then I, that's what we got to hold on to, right? Uh, all of us here tonight, surely we can find a mustard seed of faith and surely we can believe for the impossible uh, in 2024 and we can believe that God's going to do something greater in our lives this year and find fulfillment in him because our God isn't like us he doesn't have any flaws or weaknesses we serve a mighty God and we serve a powerful God 
He is mighty to save, and he spoke these worlds into existence, and so he can speak to our sickness. He can speak to our problems, and he can deliver us from whatever valley that we are able, uh, we are in right now. He can loose the bands from anything that we are bound by. We just got to believe in him. In Jesus' name, it can be done. Amen? Amen. And so Abraham first heard from God in Genesis chapter 12. When God told him to leave his father's house to go to a foreign land. But scripture doesn't really say that he believed in God until Genesis chapter 15 and 16. It says, uh, he believed in the Lord and he counted it unto him for righteousness. Obviously, Abram had to have some belief and some faith in God in order for him to leave his whole world behind and to walk out into the unknown. Uh, but this begs the question, how much did Abraham really believe in God before all of this? Yeah, obviously I said he just had to have some faith to uh, respond and leave the Ur, the Chaldees. Uh, but maybe he said, well, I've got nothing to lose, and so let's see what happens. Maybe just kind of like, well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I heard a voice, and I haven't really seen any proof of it yet, or or what it what this may account to? Maybe it sounds great, and uh, he was woke up on the right side of the bed and was ready for adventure that day. But whatever it was, he he decided to leave and to go, leave his father's house and go to a land that God would show him. And so we we see him doing that, and uh, it sounds like a pretty good deal that. God would make him a great nation, bless him, make his name great, and he shall be a blessing, and bless all them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and all, and in thee shall all the families of the earth uh, be blessed. That sounds like a pretty good deal, and obviously Abram took uh, God up on that, and, and so I'm, I'm sure that you would too, I would too, with a, with a promise that sounding like that, it sounds like a great deal. But obviously it took a great amount of faith to actually leave behind everything. Imagine God speaking to you and say, go and, and, and walk to somewhere in Georgia and I'll let you know where it is and that's where I'm going to give to you. Uh, leave everything behind and just start walking hundreds of miles and waiting for that voice to say, okay, here's that place. That's, that's some faith. Uh, but we know that uh, hearing the voice of God, that brings some fulfillment to your life, that brings peace to your soul. And I know that it encouragement to Abram to hear God speaking to him. And again, once he finally arrived here saying, oh, you have made it. This is the place that I'm going to give to your seed. Uh, and so Abram gets to Canaan. The Lord tells him he's going to give his land to his seed. And Abram builds an altar there. And so then what does Abram do? The Bible says he keeps on, uh, he keeps heading south. But didn't God say that this is the land that, uh, if this is the land I'm going to give to you, uh, why would you start headed out? Right? Where, where are you going, Abraham? If I'm going to become a, a, a great nation, maybe Abraham's thinking this. If I'm going to become a great nation, I'm going to need uh, resources. And since I've arrived in this promised land place, I'm not really seeing much around here. 
But I do know that Egypt has a lot of resources. So if I'm going to build my home here and, and establish my family here, I'm gonna make sh- I need to make sure that I uh, get my fulfillment and get my resources and get everything stocked up and ready to go, prepared for whatever God has for me here. And so maybe that's the reasoning Abram left Canaan, especially if a famine showed up. Uh, he either had to really trust in God at that moment or go to the supermarket, go to Egypt, and get everything he needed. And we see what uh, Abraham chose. He went down to Egypt, let me get some stuff. I'm going to need more possessions if I'm going to do this thing that God has asked me to do. And uh, I'll tell them that Sarah's my sister, then they'll bless me and give me all kinds of possessions, increase my stockpiles, and after all, if I'm going to be a great nation... And if my name is going to be great among them around me, that ain't going to happen with these clothes and shoes that I have on my back. I need to get go and get some new shoes, uh, new wardrobe and all these things, trade in all my camels for some newer models, all these things to sustain me if this is the place that God has called me. And so uh, I'm believing what the Lord told me, and we're going to make sure this is going to get done. And so Genesis 13, 1, Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And so now Abram is, is headed back. He's got his fulfillment, right? He's got, he feels good. I'm ready finally to do what God has asked me to do because I have uh, all the possessions. I'm loaded up with silver and cattle and gold. I'm ready for anything now. The next famine that comes, I'm going to be ready. Because I've got all these physical, material possessions that I put my faith in instead of putting in God. And so, all right, Lord, I'm coming back and I'm ready to do this. I went and I went and got all the resources and plenty of possessions to be a great people and to bless people. Uh, But we're still... Not told that Abraham believed in God because, remember, this is Genesis 13 and and the Bible says, Genesis 15, that Abraham believed in God and counted it as righteousness. And so we're still two chapters away and we can kind of see this, right? Abraham is is in Egypt gathering all his stuff on his own. Where's his faith in God? He's seeking out his own fulfillment by doing his own things, his own ideas, his own plans and possessions and Uh, both God and Abram were after the same thing, to make Abram a great name and a great nation. They were after the same thing, but God was wanting to do it through a seed of promise, but Abram was determined to do it by pursuing after prosperity. You see, you can hear God speak something to you, and in our minds, our natural minds, we can conceive and, 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 and build up a plan, a roadmap of how we can get to that destination. Uh, but in God's mind, He has a completely different way. And if we're not careful, we can try to pursue uh, our fulfillment in God through our natural ways, our natural reasoning, our own human knowledge and wisdom. And we think we checked off all the box mar- boxes and we've got everything we need. Now we're ready to do God's will and to come to find out that uh, God could have done uh, His will in our life without all those things. 
We just kind of went off on our own rant and kind of did our own things saying, I'm doing this for the Lord. And we get back to where we are and realize, well, I kind of just wasted all that time, right? Trying to do things all myself and, and, and gather all these, figure all these things out. Sometimes we try to make God's plan happen on our own ability when the best thing is to do is just to wait on God and see what doors open, see what doors close, see what truth comes out, what revelation comes out. We can understand, okay, now I have a better sense of direction, a better understanding. Now because I'm waiting on the Lord, I can see better than when I was uh, trying to do things on my own. And we know what happens when we try to make things happen. We think that we're getting this square peg in a round hole. Eventually, long enough, we'll wear ourselves out and we'll give up and we'll say, okay, God, what is your idea? And he just, boop, hits a switch and, we're, and our minds are blown and we're saying, why, why didn't I just wait on God or ask God? Or why didn't I invite God to, to help me with this a long time ago? Why did I uh, become stubborn and, and naturally minded, try to uh, put all this together when it, uh, God can do it the best, right? And we know God can do it the best. It's just a matter of living up to that, right? Letting go of the reins and letting God lead us and, and us being obedient and serving Him and following Him. And what happens is we can find true fulfillment, not in our route of prosperity, but in what God is asking us to do. And so what happens is when we manufacture our own fulfillment, we get left, uh, disappointment comes because it's, it's not really fulfilling and it's not really lasting. Anything that we can put together is just going to decay and fall apart. Right, So why would we want to put everything in something that we can make or do with our own uh, minds and our own abilities? When we let God do it, that's what's going to endure, right? The will of God and His, His purpose and plan, that's what's going to be uh, standing to the end. So what happens is when we try to find fulfillment in our own, our own ways, problems end up happening. In Genesis 13 and 6, remember Abram and Lot and Sarah, they, they're leaving Egypt and the Bible tells us they're loaded with cattle, loaded with silver, loaded with gold. Uh, Abram's happy, he's walking back to Canaan, he's smiling, he's fulfilled, he's got so much stuff that he had, didn't have before, he's loaded, everybody's loaded. But what happens here in Genesis 13 and 6 the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And so because of their, their own success, now all of a sudden they can't be together. Now all of a sudden tensions rise because we're trying to make something happen when it's not really what God wants to happen. And, and, and anger, anger uh, uh, rises up and strife happens between and, and fights and arguments and, and, and all of these things happen out of man-made uh, man's uh, plans and our, our way of fulfilling our own life and our own desires. What happens is it causes tension everywhere else. 
if we're not following God because God is the perfect orchestrator of everything. Uh, he could, if they had not left and got all those riches, they probably would have still been able to dwell together in the land. But because they got their own stuff and brought it back, now all of a sudden the land can't hold them all. And so we know what happens now. A uh, lot, they, they, they decide to separate. Lot, obviously, was taken after Uncle Abraham's decisions and, and saying, I'm going to, I like the, the well-watered plains. I like the prosperity, look of prosperity. I'm going to go and make a, a name and a, 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 a kingdom for myself. And obviously that, uh, look in that, that direction, it didn't end up well. And so strife is, is controversy, contention, and fighting, and adversity. And so when we try doing this our own way, we end up creating a bigger mess of things. Friends and family members start bickering, and everybody's on edge. Tensions are high. People are starting to turn on each other. Jealousy, envy, and strife. All of this happens when we try to seek fulfillment through our own path, our own ways, uh, without God involved in our life. Because if God truly is involved, then, then strife and envy and contention is not going to be the fruit of it. Right? If God is in the middle of it all the way, there's no way that, it, that strife and in, envy uh, can end up out of what God's will is trying to be doing in our life. The only way those things get in is through the flesh through our plans, our ideas, our idea of fulfillment. When we try to pursue spiritual promises in the, in the flesh, in our own minds, by our own ways, if we sow in the flesh, guess what? We're going to reap in the flesh. It's nothing more than a manufactured blessing, and it's a false fulfillment that turns into disaster. But I don't know about you, but this year, I don't want to make my own fulfillment. I don't want to make my own way. I want to pursue after God's will in 2024. I want Him to show me the way. I want Him to open the doors. I don't want to be kicking down doors. I want God to open them or close them. That way we can find fulfillment this year and not try to manufacture something and uh, to, to manufacture a smile when we know it's not really a smile deep down inside. Because only the joy of the Lord gives us the strength. Only His plan and His purpose in our life is going to uh, bring true fulfillment and true happiness in His kingdom. Uh, musicians, if you would come. James 3.16 says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Now what happened between Abram's servants and Lot's servants? There was strife, right? There was ungodly, ungodliness happened. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work, that means the flesh is at work. That means the evil, the, the 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 evil darkness is at work, and because it opens up a door, because it's not being you're not being spirit led, you're not following after God. Because if we're following after God, then there's no way the evil work is going to get in there, because God is fighting for us. God's leading us, and we're following after the word of the Lord, and His light is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so there's no way that uh, confusion and strife and envying are going to get involved only unless we try to go manufacture our own fulfillment. And then that leaves the door open for whatever. 
When we pursue God's promise and prosperity in the flesh, when we try to figure it all out and do it ourselves, and we try to make things happen, uh, we don't need to believe in God. We don't need any seeds of faith. We'll do this on our own, and we are sending uh, the devil an invitation to come in and to crash our party, and we, we may end up worse than when we started because we try to do find our own fulfillment through our own fleshly ways and desires instead of waiting on the Lord and seeing what his plan is. And so after Lot leaves, God comes to Abram again, reminds him of the promise. And I think it's starting to sink in a little bit here. Uh, Abram is starting to realize that I've been out here doing things my way trying to make myself a great name and a nation. I've, been, I've become prosperous, but what happens? I've lost my nephew. i got a lot of gold and silver now, but now my, my nephew's gone and lost. You've heard of the stories that people, uh, they line up every week to, to buy lottery tickets to win, win the jackpot and the, the, the testimonies of the stories of the people that actually won. How their life is so much worse because drugs and they, they lose family members and strife and all these things happen because they got their fulfillment. They won the lottery, but their life is actually worse. Uh, and so that is where maybe Abram is coming to realize things. Maybe I'm doing it the wrong way. Maybe God's got all this figured out. And after all, it's God that appeared unto me and spoke to me three times now. Maybe, maybe I just need to listen to the Lord and stop pursuing it on my own and start, stop trying to fulfill things uh, through my own ability and start to believe in God more. And then we begin to see a shift in Abram after this. He's not the same anymore he begins he acts differently now compared to what he used to which tells us there's uh, something happened a change happened in Abram after hearing about Lot and he got his men his ser- servants and went out and defeated those uh, kings Th- the text tells us that Abram had all the spoils so he had all the spoils from not just uh, from the five kingdoms that the four kings defeated they got the spoils of all that, and so here Abram comes, take those four out. Now he has the spoils of five kingdoms uh, back then. That's going to be a lot of stuff. Uh, and so he, being the conqueror, and so he fought and he won the battle, so that is all his. But after the battle, Abram does something that he's never done before. At least we're not told. After that, the Bible says he pays tithes. He gives to Melchizedek a tenth of all that he has. And then Abram gives all the spoils back to the king of Sodom. He says, I'm not taking any anymore. I'm done pursuing things my own way. I thought uh, pursuing wealth and riches in Egypt, I thought that would make me fulfilled. I thought all these uh, accolades from the world and, and getting a pat on the back from the world, I thought that I would get fulfillment that way. But ultimately, in the end, uh, it does not lead to true fulfillment. Only, only God can do that. Only the Holy Ghost can bring true fulfillment in our life, and we need to make sure that we are following after Him uh, this year. 
uh, in, in Genesis 14, 22, Abram said unto the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine eye, mine hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. And he's basically saying, I don't need any more stuff. I'm done chasing God's promises on my own. I'm done trying to figure it out all by myself. I'm turning my hands to the Lord. I'm putting my faith and my trust in Him. He is the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And and Abraham confesses and he turns his hand uh, to God. And then look what happens. Genesis 15 and 1. After these things... After he paid tithes, gave all the spoils back, he could have been even a hundred times more wealthy than he was. But he says, you take all that stuff. I don't need any. I I just need what's mine. After he paid tithes and and said, uh, I lift my hands up to the Lord. Genesis 15 and 1 says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abraham, Abram, I am thy shield. And thy exceeding great reward. You see, that's what Abram was seeking after. He was seeking after a great reward. He was see, he, and he thought he could find that fulfillment out in the world. He can find that his, the, the answer to his questions out there in the world and, and find that great reward out there in Egypt. And he did get a reward and it probably was pretty great. But why is it that he, never, he still didn't feel fulfilled? But we see a change here. All of a sudden he starts turning away wealth, turning away riches. And say, I don't need those things anymore. I've, I've turned to the Lord and I'm going to lean upon him. Uh, and so fear not, Abram. You can stop worrying about uh, worrying now that you've turned your hand unto me. You can stop trying to figure it all out. Uh, you're putting your trust in me now. And so what happens is when we begin to trust in God, we begin to, uh, not to stress out anymore, not to worry any, anything about those things anymore, not trying to make it all happen and fit all these things together. Uh, don't stress, Abraham. I am thy shield. I will protect you. You don't need to run to Egypt for safety. I will be your shield. I will be your great reward. I am everything and I have everything that you need. Don't pursue it out in the world anymore. You look to me. Let it go, Abraham. Give it all to me, Abraham. Give your heart. Give your desire. Give your trust to me. I will be your shield. I will be thy exceeding great reward. I will be all that you need. Stop trying to pursue after your own desires and find your own fulfillment because it can only be found in the Lord you stand with me tonight and then we get down to verse 6 and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness it only took you 10 years Abram to get to this point but I'm glad that you made it Because now that you trust me completely, now that you've surrendered your will and your way and and you will, uh, you'll really see me start to work in your life. Abram, now that you've got some faith that you're going to start to see the miraculous, things are going to start to move because you've turned your hand to me and now you've let me uh, lead me, uh, lead you and to be in control. You see, when Abram got serious about God's promise and God's fulfillment and became totally dependent upon him, 
then God began to show him things he'd never seen before and, and speak to him and, and, and took it to the next level. And uh, the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. And see, now all of a sudden we see God making a covenant with Abraham. Why didn't he make a covenant in Genesis chapter 12? Well, because Abram wasn't ready. Abraham was still trying to f figure things out in his mind, and I'll go here, do this, and this, and this, and I'll, well, I need to go to Egypt, and all these things. Uh, God was nowhere around in it. But once Abram got serious and realized finding fulfillment is only in the Lord, then we see God saying, hey, let me make a covenant with you now. Now you're ready. Now you're ready to go to a deeper level. Now you're ready to go and have the best year you've ever had in the Lord because uh, now you're really dependent upon Him and realize all these things are superficial of the world provides. They only provide a temporary happiness, but where the deep down joy comes from the Holy Ghost is from hearing the voice of the Lord and from walking with Him and being in a covenant relationship with the Lord. That's where we find our true fulfillment and that's what we're going to pursue and find this year, that we're gonna, not going to seek after those things anymore, but we're going to seek after Jesus Christ because He's our shield. He'll be our shield. He'll be our great reward. He is everything that we need. If we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all of these things will be added unto us. We don't need to seek after those things. God will give them to us if we seek Him first and find our fulfillment in him and this year we're going to believe we're going to see a great year this year 2024 and it's because we're going to seek God first and we're going to put him first you believe that with me amen let's worship the Lord tonight hallelujah Jesus thank you Lord we're believing for great things Lord hallelujah hallelujah we give ourselves to you Jesus we can find true fulfillment in you Lord not in the things of this world. I give myself away. Hallelujah. Oh, I give myself away. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I give myself away so you can
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, we need to let go of the things that we think that we need because we really don't need them. What we need is Jesus Christ. Amen. Lay aside the weights and sins that can so easily beset us. Amen. Let us run this race seeking after God. Amen. The things of Egypt, the wealth of Egypt uh, doesn't do us any good. It didn't do Abram any good. He, had a, he got the wealth of Egypt. Didn't help him out. The children of Israel also got the wealth of Egypt when they left. They got all the silver and gold and asked of their neighbors, and they gave them all the jewel, all those things. So they go into the wilderness, and they've got the wealth of Egypt with them. And what happens is, what do they do? They turn into a golden calf and start sinning against God. The wealth of Egypt, we think we want it, and we think we need it. Really, all that we need is to be close to Him, right, and find our fulfillment in Him. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for coming tonight. Amen. We're going to have a great year and being fulfilled in the Lord.